Rusty Quill presents. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. 
Hey guys, just wanted to pop in and say thanks again for your support. This podcast has gotten a lot bigger than I anticipated, and that's all thanks to you guys. And Merry Christmas. As far as housekeeping goes, the SoundCloud RSS feed will stop updating soon when I run out of free time on that platform. If you're listening to this via SoundCloud, please switch over to the anchor.fm slash Wobegon feed, or just type in Wobegon wherever you're listening to podcasts, and please tell me if you can't find it there. I also wanted to shout out our subreddit, slash r slash Wobegon, our shitposting subreddit, slash r slash dogcatcher, our Twitter, at WobegonPod, and our music SoundCloud, where I upload instrumentals of every episode, along with bonus songs. SoundCloud.com slash TheGuideDog. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Puzzles are easy. A rat can solve a maze. Hell, even a goldfish can solve a maze. You just have to look at it, figure out what every moving part is, and then adjust every moving part until you can find the result. To make a puzzle harder, you just add more moving parts. But often, this just makes it harder by making the puzzle longer, which makes it occupy more of your valuable time on this earth. But the solution is there for anyone brain-dead enough to be able to tinker with it forever without losing their minds, trying each and every permutation, especially if they can find a lot of obsessive colleagues to do this with them. Patience at that magnitude ceases to be virtue, in my opinion. So when I say easy, I don't really mean easy, more like exceedingly possible. The Rubik's Cube, also known as the 3x3 Twisty Puzzle, has 42 quintillion possible configurations. It was released before anyone even knew how to solve one. There were mathematical papers in the 80s about solving specific layers of it. Eventually, someone took these mathematical conceptualizations of how these pieces interact and codified them into a set of movements that could reliably solve the puzzle every time. These were called algorithms. Then those algorithms got refined and simplified until you only needed a handful of them to solve the cube. You can look up a guide to solve a Rubik's Cube on the internet and end up with a solved puzzle in under 15 minutes on your first try. Now there are top solvers who can solve the cube in under 4 seconds because they can track where every piece will go as they twist the puzzle. And they've not only done this for 3x3 twisting puzzles, you can find speed solving for any size that will hold together under its own mechanical complexity. There's no question about whether it is possible to find the solved state of any given puzzle. The only actual question is, how many people will you need? And how long will everyone have to bash their heads into the wall in order to find the solution? And finally, is it worth it to solve this puzzle? Could it be worth more if it was left unsolved? This is Wobegon. Wobegon is a story that's told in order. If this is your first time listening, please go back and start at episode one. When you get back, you'll know who Cannonball is. Ah, you know how it is. Another day, another coffee shop chat with a pseudonymous Wobegon player who wants to talk about oblique ranking criteria and hidden technologies. Except this time, I had the upper hand. He wanted to know who the new player was, and I knew exactly who it was. 
Unfortunately for him, this information made more sense kept between me and Anne. Anne was an asset and a liability to me. It was no longer a zero-sum game. If she won, I won. And if she lost, I died. It was like playing with two bingo cards. It would be nice going into a conversation with Cannonball holding all the cards. They're playing cards now, not bingo cards. We've changed metaphors. As someone who had been in the game for a while, he always seemed to be telling me about something I had not yet considered. He had done all the research, but none of that research gave him any knowledge as to who was beating him. The following is a recreation of our conversation. If you know where I live, then why are we still doing this at a coffee shop? I asked. Because you shouldn't trust me in your house, and vice versa. I could plant a bug in your house, no problem if you let me in, he said. I'm not really suspicious enough, I admitted. But before we begin with who passed you on the scoreboard, I wanted to pass on a message that I got from the game runners. Cannonball looked at me intently. During one of my challenges, they sent me a message saying that they had narrowed down the contingencies and that they were now in a solved state. Does that mean anything to you? It means it's not magic, he said. It's not a lot, but they are using the language of probability and not the language of, for instance, spellcasting. That means the Thibodeau stuff is still on the table. Right, I said. I knew it wasn't much, which is why I didn't email you about it, but I thought I'd bring it up here since we were already here. Every bit of info counts, Cannonball said, but let's talk about why I asked you to come here. Sure, so I did the third challenge, I said, lowering my voice as I said the words third challenge, as if people around us might hear it and think, oh shit, look at this guy, he's playing Wobegon. So you did, he replied. That's the one thing that has me worried. Nothing personal, but if I want to win, it's unfortunate that you and apparently someone else did the challenge so fast. If you don't mind me asking, how long did it take you? I asked. Six years. I was not expecting this answer. Six years? And you stayed in the game? There isn't a time limit on it, and I got lucky that there weren't many players that dedicated at that time. So yeah, six years. Reason being that it took me two tries. I got off easy, out in five years for a first-time offense and good behavior. You went to jail? Yep. Wobegon does not reward people who fail the challenge, he said. But they didn't drop you either, I replied. No reason to. They would have if enough people had passed me, though. And if I hadn't got the job done the second time, someone surely would have. I couldn't imagine having all the willpower to go through all of that twice, I lied. Did you ever consider giving up? No way, man. Every day I'm still in this game, I get one step closer to figuring out how it works. And you really think that's worth it? I asked. The people who run this game can do anything they want. Like, it's hard to actually fully realize, so I want you to really think about it, Mike. The richest man on earth can do so many things, so much more than you and me could. But ultimately, he is limited by what is physically possible. He can't go back in time and erase his mistakes, or make investments that would make him even richer. Unless the richest person on earth is running Wobegon, I said. Possible, but I don't think that fits the MO, Cannonball said. I think that the people that are running this are content with staying low profile, managing things from behind the scenes. They're gunning for power, but they want power without the attention. Attention would make all of this spin out of control. Attention leads to public knowledge. Imagine the average person learning that someone could be meddling in their past and there's nothing they could do about it. It would destabilize society. So if that's true, why do you want to be able to be one of these people so badly? I asked. 
because I already know about Wobegon and I don't trust those people. But I trust me. I can understand that. Since the power already exists, it's important that someone with your best interests be in charge of it, I said. Which is why I have to know who just took over second place. The game runners didn't give me a name this time. They said, losers don't get bonus info, those fuckers. Did they give you any information about it? I've never even seen a scoreboard. I guess they don't update you unless someone passes you, not the other way around, I said. And it's true that nobody gave me any information about Anne completing the challenge. I want more information on this guy that just passed me. It's not going to be easy. All we have to go on is that they are playing Wobegon. This means he will probably leave some sort of unique digital fingerprint. I don't know if I will be able to detect such a thing, but I will try my best to narrow down options. It's not impossible. I've done it before. Eliza Schultz. Ever heard of her? No, I said. You wouldn't have. She's been back to her normal life for almost half a decade now. We were building an alliance, but unfortunately I had to pass her in order to stay in the game so she doesn't remember me anymore. She's kept a blog for the past decade. You should check out her posts from early 2016. If you know what's going on, they're quite interesting. I made a mental note to dig up everything I could on Eliza Schultz, along with all of the other digging I was supposed to be doing. So why do you want to find the second place person, I asked, so we can invite him into our alliance? I wouldn't call what we have an alliance exactly, Cannonball said. The finding the second place person allies our interests quite nicely. You want to stay in the lead, and I don't want to fall off the leaderboard, so he's a threat to both of us. Which is why we're going to find him and kill him. I sputtered suspiciously. What? Kill him? You've already killed someone, Mike. This is Wobegon. This isn't the dirtiest thing you'll end up doing, Cannonball said. I was walking a tightrope. What would I say about the situation if I didn't know it was Anne in second place? Isn't that a huge risk? I said. If you end up in jail again, it probably won't be for just five years this time, and someone would definitely pass you on the leaderboard. That's about how convincing I sounded. It's a desperation move for me, and a way for you to pull way ahead. You should think about how much this would benefit you. It would actually put me in a weak spot compared to you. Think of the power you'd have over me, the only other person that you know that's playing the game, he said. That's true, but how would you even go about finding who this guy is? I asked. I was glad that we were already off on the wrong foot by assuming that the person was a guy. Well, if they passed me, that means that they completed Challenge 3 in a timely manner. That's why I'm so far behind, even after completing Challenge 4. And if they completed Challenge 3, that means they killed a cop. Assuming that Challenge 3 is the same for all of us. I assume it was with you? I nodded. So that means there was a cop reported either missing or dead somewhere in the world, and no leads as to who could have done it. I'm sure that our second place player is nearby one of those missing persons incidents. I was horrified by how sound his reasoning was. People go missing all the time, but how many police officers have gone missing recently? It was going to point right to the city that Anne lives in. That's still a big search, but it narrowed it down tremendously. That makes a lot of sense. I'll start looking into missing person reports and see if I can find anything that matches the description. My real plan was to try and find any other city with a similar missing person situation to throw him off the trail. All right then, you have your homework and I have mine, Cannonball said. Let's break and maintain radio silence until one of us has a breakthrough and we'll do this all over again. 
Right, I said. Cannonball immediately stood up and went to walk away. I reached a hand out to get him to stop. Wait, you've done challenge four? What is it? I asked. It doesn't matter what mine was. Yours will be yours. I can't tell you what that'll be, he replied, but it's gonna be tough. Cannonball turned and briskly walked away. So much for a conversation where I had the upper hand. I didn't even take a sip of my coffee. After the break, I don't even have time to dig for info for Cannonball with all of the digging I'll be doing for Wobegon. Stay with us. I was up far too long past midnight watching an absolutely awful Netflix Christmas movie when I got the next message from the game runners. Why are they all princesses in those movies now? What does that have to do with Christmas? I think the next generation is going to grow up thinking that Christmas is somehow about princesses, in the same way that generations of Americans think that Christmas is about cutting down a pine tree and decorating it inside your house. Anyway, the text message read, Bonus. I bet your buddy Cannonball didn't tell you that we play favorites. We like winners. It's not much, but it's a chance to run up the score. It'll be easy. You're probably developing a muscle memory for this sort of thing by now. Love, W.BG. Aw, a Christmas present. There was a sound file attached, simply titled Once.WAV. I opened it, and it played this. Once. Uh, once? I wasn't sure what that meant. It was ostensibly a piece of a song, hence the sound of a man singing underscored by instruments. But I had never heard that song before, and typing once lyrics into Google unsurprisingly didn't yield anything useful. I tried Shazam and got nothing. I tried putting it in a YouTube video to get a copyright strike to see who owned it. Nothing. What was this? An actual puzzle. And not cut off your dumbass arm, you idiot. That I wasn't able to use the simplest methods in order to solve it honestly made me respect it even more. As far as bonus points were concerned, I was immediately interested. Even as a student who was doing well in class, I would always do all of the bonus material. I got a 104 in geometry. My 6th grade science teacher called me the very model of avarice when I did all of her bonus material despite having a 100 in her class. I remember this vividly because I didn't know what avarice meant. 
and so I didn't feel chided by it until I went home and looked it up. But then I got to feel good because I learned a new word, and I could use it to sound smart around the other sixth graders. Oh, you don't know what the word avarice means, Greg? Well, it seems that someone doesn't have an avarice for knowledge. <laughs> I didn't have many friends. It's lonely at the top. The game runners were right about one thing. Cannonball didn't tell me that the person in the lead got special challenges and opportunities to score points. If the rich get richer, that might be how Cannonball was able to stay in the lead even though he was spending six years in jail. I don't know why he wouldn't have brought it to my attention. Surely I would have found out eventually, as I had just done. Maybe if I were more prepared for it, I could run up the score even faster and pull even further away from him. Maybe this was just on a need-to-know basis. He wasn't an open tap of information, and this incident made it clear that he had been keeping some things close to his chest. He had been steeped in this for so much longer than I had. Information is sacred in this game, and he may have just not told me because it's impossible to tell what info could be used against him in the future. He made a tactical decision to let me in on Charles Thibodeau. He gave me the smallest amount of information he could, and I returned to him with everything that I had found, which he could use to then bolster his search. My first step to solving once.wav was just to listen to it over and over. I popped it into the same audio workstation that I'm recording this podcast in right now, and just looped it over and over and over and over, and I can't stress this enough, over. Once, 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 once. I started trying to pick out everything that I could hear. A male tenor voice singing the word once in a sort of rock-pop-folk sound, meaning not something like opera or theater. An acoustic guitar playing a basic triad underneath the vocals. Pretty far underneath the vocals, actually. And was that a... singing saw? Hipster nonsense. But that hipster nonsense was a pretty big clue. This led me to believe that this was either an indie folk or indie rock song, which at least let me know where to start looking. It's hard to make up a backstory for why you have this one second clip of a song that you don't know the name of. The story that I ended up going with is that I had a cherished mix CD that was broken, but I was able to rip this one segment of this one song, the rest being completely ruined by scratches. I had to ignore any responses to my questions asking about what time frame it could have potentially been from, because the song could have been from last week or 20 years ago. I posted on slash r slash tip of my tongue, nothing. Slash r slash indie heads, nothing. Slash r slash indie folk, nothing. Lost media wiki, nothing. I asked my mom, nothing. The real breakthrough only came once I had fully rotted my brain with once. I just kept it on a loop and listened to it when I went about my regular internet business. It was only after I had mentally separated the sounds the singer was making from the real English words that I realized that he wasn't just saying once. Here, listen again. Once. Hear it? Once. Once up. Once. Once up. Once. Is that once upon a time? What could it be other than once upon a time? And of course, once the thought had occurred to me, I couldn't imagine it being any other way. I had it. I had four times as many words to go off of. The four most generic words in the English language. All right, Google, let's do this. Once upon a time lyrics. 57,900,000 results. I love it. Tony Bennett, Bobby Darren, just an almost literally endless stream of obviously incorrect results. If I cross off one result per second, which I thought would be easy, considering many of them would be obviously false leads, I could get this done in... 
1.84 years. So not really an option if I'm trying to score bonus points in Wobegon and not completely lose my mind trying to find the song with once in it. If once upon a time even is the lyric. That's when I found lyrics.com right on the first page of results. Lyrics.com is a database that lets you search for lyrics in the body of a song, not just the title. So if Once Upon a Time appears in either, it should be there. Also, they make you turn your ad blocker off and they're slow as fuck. Fuck that website. I typed it in and... 1,540 results. That's roughly 37,500 times fewer results than the Google search, so we're paring it down. Now all that's left is to listen to about a thousand songs. Once Upon a Dream by Emily Osment. Nope. Ends by Clipping. Nope. Once Upon a Time by The Band Perry. Nope. Repeat over 850 times. I would get excited every time I heard an acoustic guitar, only to be disappointed as soon as the vocals came in, and it clearly wasn't the same song. It was 2.30 in the morning, and I had to get up for work in less than five hours when I finally clicked on the song that ended my search. Once upon a time, your heart would skip Just like mine, for but a smile To remember And you were my fool And I was yours Everything felt so true I recognized the song instantly once I could hear the whole thing. It was famous on the dark web for its unavailability. Darknet markets would have it for sale for an extreme amount of Bitcoin, and you had to buy it fast, because it would be yanked almost immediately. I had never met anyone who had actually managed to buy the song. The story goes that anyone who hears the whole song dies not long after listening to it. The subsonic frequencies create a brainwave feedback response that is ultimately fatal. <laughs> I'm kidding, that's stupid. I had never heard this song before in my life. But there it was. It was undeniable. It was surreal to hear the once incorporated into an actual song at this point. My brain had made the original sample into a discrete thing that existed all on its own. It's like when you listen to that Rihanna song that samples Tainted Love, and it just feels so off because Tainted Love is already a calcified cultural object, so it feels like a corruption instead of just a sample. I had found it. And I was glad that I wasn't searching for songs called Once Upon a Time, because the song wasn't called Once Upon a Time, it was called Heartbreak. Those were merely just the first four words of the first verse. I reveled in the success of finding it. I had been flying completely blind and managed to dig it up anyway, after a few days of digging. My sleuthing capabilities were at an all-time high. It wasn't a bad little song either, this song called Heartbreak. By a band called, uh... Cut Off Your Hands? Oh, no, 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 no thank you, meh, non. Surely, surely, the puzzle was just to figure out the song and band name and to text them once I had figured it out. So that's exactly what I did. This time they hit me back immediately with a clip from my podcast, episode 3. Can I just cut my arm off again? Well, to their credit, I did say that. This was... I don't know, disappointing? It felt like the game runners had run out of challenges and were just stalling. Uh, we don't know, how about you just cut off some more of your spare body parts? Stupid challenge, stupid, repetitive. I was going to be leaving the worst review of this game on the Unfiction forums after this. 
This was just for bonus points, though, so it's not like it was the real Challenge 4. It was just for me, so it's not like they were subjecting everyone to this repetition. And I did get to solve a cool little puzzle, and I still have that saw from last time. On the other hand, I learned not too long ago that Challenge 2 actually killed me, and Anne had to bring me back to life. It was slightly different this time. I just had to cut off both my hands instead of the whole arm, and I had practice. And like I said, I still have the saw, though I guess I know that the plastic sheeting doesn't work now. Second time's the charm is how the saying goes. I'm not going to go into detail about the process this time. You've heard me describe enough bloody things on this podcast, and this one isn't especially novel. It would just be gory imagery for its own sake, and who wants that? So I'll spare you. Here's a bulleted list of the standout moments. A brief panic that I might actually die, based on my newfound knowledge that I died during Challenge 2. A reduced time frame from visualization to completion, based on my preparedness from Challenge 2. It was easier to get the meat to the saw when I could use my arm and didn't have to lean in at the shoulder. The second hand was hardest by far from a mental point of view. The flip side of that was the sunk cost fallacy. I had already done one hand, so I was already invested, except it's not a fallacy in this case, I guess. If I got the other hand off, then I would win the challenge and it would reverse. If I didn't, I would be living with only one hand. I had to use my nose to stop the video recording, open up the text message thread of the Wobegon Game Runners, and attach the video file. No blood on my phone this time. I lived. Or at least I didn't die. I'm typing the script with my two hands, which feel strange in a way that I can't explain, but are firmly attached to my body at the wrists. The Game Runners responded with this. Great job, teacher's pet. Keep working and we'll drop challenge four in your lap. Your heart will skip just like mine. Signed W.BG. That last bit's from this song. Your heart would skip just like mine. I really hope they don't mean something about literal hearts. I was getting worried about Challenge 4. Time kept passing and the new challenge still hadn't shown up. I knew it had to be bad, but I was also curious. When would they stop being bad and start being useful for someone? There's no point in messing with the players forever. I had thought that the game runners were training and selecting players to carry out their desires for them, but cutting off my hands wasn't really something in that vein. They had always been fucking with us, but I thought eventually they would put us to work. What's wrong, Wobegon? Have I not proven myself yet? What are you going to make me do in order to prove myself? Witness me! The smart thing to do would be to try to get my hands on the technology that is being used to run Wobegon before it gets to the stage where they're having me do their dirtiest work for them. I guess this is what Cannonball has been saying the whole time, but I can't deny that he makes a solid argument. What has kept me from fully pursuing that route has been twofold. One, I'm already winning with my current strategy, and I would risk fixing something that has not yet been broken, and two, I was so at a loss on how to pursue that route that I couldn't even begin if I wanted to. The only starting point I had was a book that I didn't understand that also no longer existed. That is until Cannonball mentioned Eliza Schultz. Cannonball undersold Eliza Schultz when he said that she was just a blogger who played Wobegon and lost, and went back to her old life. For starters, Eliza's 71 years old, which means that she was a senior citizen who decided to play Wobegon, which raises all sorts of curiosities about how far she got into the game and what she was able to achieve while she was playing. Wobegon is definitely a young man's game, I can tell you that. Then there's the curious matter of how she's a theoretical physics professor who's been in the field for decades. 
thanks for leaving that out, Cannonball. And because of that, she's tenured, and no amount of crazy shit she writes or publishes can get her fired from her job. Which leads me to the last bit of interest regarding Miss Schultz. The blog that Cannonball brought up is some time cube level shit. Just pages and pages of text that read like complete gibberish, accompanied by some bizarre charts and graphs that look almost more artistic than they do infographical. There isn't any talk of Wobegon on here, at least not explicitly. I assume that all went away when she lost the game. Still, what's here is promising, and will take a near-infinite amount of sifting through. There must have been a million words on this website. A script for this podcast is about 5,000 words and takes about 30 minutes to read aloud. I immediately made local copies of every page of her blog on my personal computer, and I plan to print them all out for further safekeeping as soon as I can. She and Cannonball must have formed an alliance because they had the same plan to win, which was to reverse engineer the tech, and Eliza was Cannonball's plan to actually get it done. And then Eliza was either not willing to cut off her arm, kill a police officer, or whatever the fourth challenge was and dropped out, leaving Cannonball alone playing the game. I'll save the technological portion of her writings for when I can understand them better, but I'll leave you with this intro to a long blog post she wrote and published on the 12th of January 2016 titled forced sabbatical. I'm back safe at home. They say I was standing in the middle of the street with a blank look on my face, blank look on my face, blank look on my face. I wasn't who I was. Ten months I don't remember. Trevor was alive. They keep talking down to me, but Trevor was alive. Ten months ago. How did I lose this much time? They look so damn condescending. I'm not losing it. My mom was as sharp as a tack until the day she died, and I'm no different. Sharp as a tack. Someone put that blank look on my face. What was I up to? There was no way I wasted that much time. That's not like me. I'll die working. I'll work myself to death. I'm going to work myself to death, even if they won't let me go to work. Blank look on my face? I'll show them a blank look. I'll wipe that condescension right off their smug faces. Did I mention that Miss Eliza Schultz seems to respond to every email that's sent to her? You've been listening to Wobegon. Next time, helpful correspondence, a change in strategy, and a challenge. Thanks for playing.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.